Hi, my name is Michael Sano. I'm Jewish and I love Israel. So if you love Israel, if you love being Jewish, or if you have an unwavering connection to the land of Israel, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the 12 Cities in Israel podcast. Shalom, shalom, shalom. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? My name is Michael Sana. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the 12 Cities in Israel podcast, the only positive podcast about the state of Israel. Hey, listen, listen. If this is your first time watching, don't forget to hit the like button, hit the subscribe button and the notification bell so you're always in the loop when a brand new episode comes out. If you want to take this with you um, on the road, on the street, uh, you you can find us at SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and on Spotify. Okay, this episode, woo, this is going to be a crazy one. This one is on organized crime in Israel. Um, wow. So, a lot of my episodes over the past couple of weeks have been on some of the... And, and and I'm remiss to say this, some of the negative things that exist in Israel. But Israel is, we have this, this concept. There are individuals who have this concept of Israel as this utopian Jewish state. Um, and that's what's been, you know, conveyed to us as to what Theodore Herzl had wanted in his book, The Jewish State, but it is a modern Western democracy. And in modern Western democracies, you get a little bit of the good and a little bit of the bad. Um, you hopefully get a lot of good and very little bad, but hey, um, people are people and they're going to try to do things. Now, um, organized crime is a significant problem in Israel. I'm going to read to you uh, just some quick information. Organized crime groups operating in Israel are comprised of about 16 crime families. Whoa, that's huge. There are, I think, the five families in New York um, and basically New Jersey. They have 16 of them in this small, small country. Um, Five major groups are active on the national level and 11 smaller organizations. And I'm going to go into how that works. Um, there are six Maghrebi Jewish crime families active, and those are uh, those are Moroccan Jews. And three Arab crime families. I was only able to find out about two of them. I'm going to look through this and see if maybe I can find that other one. Um, but what it says is many heads and members of the crime groups have either been killed or are in prison. Now, like, like any uh, criminal organization, um, you have different kinds of organizations. And in the organized crime organizations, that sounds ridiculous, um, the organized crime organizations... In those types of situations, they set up a structure so that if the boss goes, somebody slides into place. Usually without a lot of violence. Um, I mean, violence is part and parcel of what they do. But in terms of structure, 
um, and you know what happens when there's a power vacuum. A lot of times, since these are families, somebody in the family just steps up. Somebody who is expected to be um, a prince, and in some cases, the princesses of of these crime families. So, um, yeah, there's uh, there's a lot. A lot to go into. Now, this says the major crime groups are the Abergils, the Abutpuls, the Alparons, and the Dumranis, the Shirazis, um, the Molnar, and the Rosenstein syndicates. Now, I don't know when this, and I'm getting some of this from Wikipedia and some of it from other sources, some good, really, really good articles on it. Um, now, some of this information in the Wikipedia is pretty dated. And what I did is I went and I found, I think it's Tablet, Tablet Magazine. Um, they went through, and this article is from, let me double check. It is from 2019. And it is entitled, A Field Guide to Israeli Organized Crime. So I'm going to quickly read off the names of these organizations um and these appear to be the prominent organizations in israel as of last year um we're going to start with the abargil which i mentioned and it's run by yitzhak abargil which is in lod um and that's his area um that's where he grew up he grew up in a uh, really really just crappy crappy upbringing um, into violence at five years old. I, he, it says that he brought a gun to school um, and started shooting it. Just not at people. He aimed it at some kids, but he just started shooting it and he went to jail at a very young age. And when you think of Lod, you think of Ben Gurion Airport. So you don't really think of, of uh, a, a town being a town. Um, but the Abergil organization, that's the number one. The Mulner organization run by Amir Mulner out of Ramat Gan. He's a pretty heavy hitter. Um, the Domrani, which I mentioned, um, run by Shalom Domrani uh, down in Ashkelon. I have a video that where, where they talk about the opening of illegal clubs and stuff like that. And uh, I'm going to include that in the description. And they got a new police chief who's cracking down on this stuff. But I don't know. It, Twenty. This article, the the video was from 2015, I think, and this article is from 2019. So they're still going strong. Um, he runs Ashkelon, and it said basically the Negev region. Um, and there's another guy, and I almost said gentlemen. These people are not gentlemen. Um, Zaguri Nivi Zaguri out of Beersheva, and he works with Domrani, uh, it, it says, it, it alleges that he works with Domrani. Um, you have the Moore organization run by Michael Moore, um, not that Michael Moore, um, out of Naharia, Naharia, I, I always say that wrong and I can't get it right, so just bear with me. The Mosley organization run by Yossi Mosley in South Tel Aviv, they're um, a pretty violent organization, and I think that's the one that came up. He was under Ab, not Abergil, Alparon. He uh, tutored in organized crime. Is that a thing? 
under um, under Alparon. I could be wrong. You have the Shirazi organization, which is run by Rico Shirazi in Netanya, and he was a guy. His brother is a prof- or was is a retired professional footballer, and he was going to be one as well. And then he broke his knee or he had a, a bad knee injury and then went into organized crime because that's what you do. You you fail at your thing and your backup is organized crime. Yeah, I don't buy that. This guy was probably dirty a lot longer than just, you know, he fell into it. So, and then you have the Haya organization run by Aitan Haya in Tel Aviv. And this guy, I guess, is another. He came up under... He was under Rosenstein, which I spoke of in the beginning. Rosenstein syndicate was a big deal. Um, now, let's talk about Israel-Arab um, coexistence. You have two other Israeli-Arab groups. These aren't even in the territories. These are two Israeli-Arab groups. The Uda organization under Keteir Coco Uda, um, out of Jaljulia, and you have Jarushi, run by uh, the Jarushi organization, run by Milad Jarushi, out of Ramle. So these, and it's funny because these Arab organizations aren't just, these are some of the satellite organizations that they're talking about, just like the... uh, what was it? The Zaguri in Bersheva organization is sort of like a satellite organization that runs underneath Domrani, but is independent of it. They make their own decisions. But I guess what these groups do is they go and they want to do something like, I'm, I'm going to take an example, and I can't remember which one it was exactly, but one of the mob bosses in prison um it was either one of the mob bosses in prison didn't like the conditions or the mob organization itself didn't like the way its organization members were being treated in prison. So they went and had the prison shot up from the outside. Nobody was hurt, thank God. But uh, they think that one of these Israeli Arab organizations was contracted to go and do that. So these guys work hand in hand. Um, it's pretty fascinating. Now, if you look into the history of organized crime, let's go a little pre-state and let's look at uh, a history of organized crime in the United States. And the reason we should do something like that is because a lot of the immigrant groups that move to Israel also move to the United States either at the same time or decades before, okay? Um, let's look at the turn of the century with Meyer Lansky and uh, all those guys from the New York mob. And these guys took advantage of the fact that um, you had an underrepresented group, I guess. Uh, you had an underrepresented group in... Uh, the boroughs of New York City. And they extorted them. And they took their money with gambling. And they they did all kinds of stuff. Drugs weren't really their forte at the time. 
Um, but basically, uh, all of all of the lessons that were needed in order to establish organized crime in Israel were established in the United States 70 years earlier. You know what I mean? A hundred years earlier. So these guys have been doing this stuff for a long time. They're even involved. So, all right. So let's look at what they're involved in. Let me take a sip of coffee. Peter Madeira, this is for you. What's up? Mm. So again, I love Israel. Israel is dear and near to my heart, but there are things about Israel um, that I wish didn't exist. But I think in, in, in order to be an objective por portrayer of what Israel is, I have to talk about all the different things, uh, both positive and negative, that occur in Israel. Um, I Yes, I am selective in some of the stuff that I discuss. And yes, I do put a lot of my opinion into it. Um, but that's just, that's I'm human. I try to be as objective as possible. The reason I'm saying all that is about all of the things that I am about to discuss. All the things that they are involved in might be a little bit shocking to some of the people watching this. Um, to some of you, it might not be. But the Israeli mafia, Israel organized crime groups in Israel are involved in murder for hire. They're involved in drug smuggling and distribution uh, of cocaine, of ecstasy, of what else? Methamphetamines, all kinds of stuff. Heroin, everything. They're in it all. Um, and it's international trade. They're not just involved in it in Israel. They're involved in it in Europe. They're involved in funneling it to the United States. A lot of it. They're also involved in the trafficking, uh, sex trafficking. Um, so one of the things that I found out in all, all of the research that I was doing is that prostitutes in Israel, that one, if you didn't know, there are prostitutes in Israel. There is prostitution in Israel. Oldest, um, what is it? Oldest job, oldest profession in the history of the world, prostitution. It exists in Israel. Um, I am not opining on it. Um, I am just telling you that it happens. What I found out is that the vast majority, almost, we're talking like 99.99% of the prostitutes in Israel come from for, former Soviet Union countries, Eastern Bloc countries. And they're brought by another element that's not discussed in this article. And I don't know why it's not discussed in this article. I did find a little bit about it. But I think there might be a level of fear as to why it's not discussed. Um, so during the large aliyah from the former Sony Soviet Union in the 80s, um, certain elements of Jewish organized, uh, of Jewish organized crime, of Russian organized crime, who may or may not have been Jewish, I don't know. I'm not going to opine on that because I don't have enough information to tell you that they were faking it. Um, but there are some who have alluded to the fact that maybe these people weren't Jewish, not all of them, that the organized crime 
people saw a business opportunity. Needless to say, a large number of Bratva, who are Russian organized crime members, emigrated to Israel, used the lax banking system that allows for funds to be brought into the country in order to launder billions of dollars. And then they also set up their drug connections that they had already established in Europe through Israel. And on top of that, they brought sex trafficking from these Eastern European countries. So the majority, from what I understand, and if I'm wrong, let me know. If you know more information, I want to get someone on this show to interview about this because this is fascinating because it is just a deeply woven web. Um, they brought over, the Russian mafia brought over all of these, um, all of these women to be trafficked as prostitutes in Israel. Um, so yes, they're into that. They're also into organized crime in Israel is also involved in extortion. What is extortion? It's when I tell you, if you don't want your windows to be broken, you better pay me X number of dollars every week, month, whatever. Um, so they're involved in that. And we're going to get into extortion later because there's another group that is linked to organized crime. I haven't been able to get a lot of information on it. I want to get more because it's an interesting story. So there's extortion and then there's also gambling. Um, so one of the groups, and it was the one in Tel Aviv, was it the one in South Tel Aviv? I think it was. And it was Yossi Mosley, the Mosley organization, I guess. So what happened was a bunch of these big, um, mob guys got rounded up in the early 2000s, between 2003 and 2010. Um, in 2003, the Israeli government decided that it had had enough uh, because of a cable, a WikiLeaks cable that was released that outlined who the member families were and all of that to the U.S. State Department. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry about that. So due to that, due to probably embarrassment at the fact that they weren't doing anything, the Israeli government decided to get involved. And a bunch of these people, the Abergils, um, the Abarons, the Abutbuts, they all went, all of their heads went to jail. Some of them were indicted and went to the United States and agreed to serve their jail times in Israeli jails. Kind of a sweet deal, I guess. Um, but this guy, um, Yossi Mosley, was under one of those guys. And when the arrest happened, he kind of branched out pretty violently. Um and started his own casinos, underground casinos in South Tel Aviv. Um, now, about the violence. So one of the things that's going on and has gone on over the past 15 years is there are a lot of what on the outside look like terrorist activities, car bombings, um, random shootings in the streets. But these are all done as retaliatory measures between mob families or against informers, informants. So 
being an informant in Israel has, is basically a death sentence. I know it normally is with anything. I mean, with any organized crime, you, you've, you've got a target on your back. But these guys, they, they really, really go after them. They blow up um, prosecutors' vehicles. They blow up, they blow up uh, defendants' vehicles, uh, the, uh, defense attorney vehicles. And it wasn't clear. Is it their own defense attorney? They didn't like it, so they blew up the guy. He wasn't hurt, but these guys, they when they feel wronged, they rampage. And it is violent, and it is excessive. But I spoke to a friend of mine. I was on the phone with a friend of mine, and she gave me a lot of insight into as to whether or not this is something that is felt every day. So the reason that's important is because so one of the things when I went to Israel, everyone said, yo, are you worried? Are you, do you feel like, are you nervous? Do you feel like it's going to be safe? And I was like, absolutely. Why? What are you talking about? Well, on the news, it's all, well, the same thing goes for this. If you watch the news and looked up stuff on the Israeli mob, you would think that they were blowing up bombs everywhere and you couldn't leave the house. It's the same with terrorism in Israel. There is terrorism in Israel. But it's not, it doesn't happen so often that you feel it. So she was basically telling me, yes, these things are public things and we're aware of them. But overall, you don't get a sense of organized crime in Israel, um, which is good. That's actually pretty great. That's awesome. Now, I have covered all of the families. I've covered all the stuff that they're involved in. I've covered how violent they can be. I've covered... And, and they are so violent. And a lot of times they do this stuff when they do an attack. Like two of these attacks that I read about were done right in front of the individual's children. So these people are savages. These people who involve, who involve themselves in this criminal behavior are absolute savages. There's no questions about it. Um, but, not but, that's it. That's pretty much it. Um, what I wanted to talk about next was another group that is, how do I, how do I say this? And I want to be really careful. So one of the things that I don't want to do is one of the things that's been done historically in Israel since the creation of the state. So when, and this is going to, it's going to sound like it's not really connected, but it is connected. So when the... Uh, when the expulsion happened and in the 50s and the Persian Jews were expelled from Iran and the Iraqi Jews were expelled and the Moroccan Jews were expelled and all the Mizrahi and Sephardi came to Israel and were put into, into camps, basically, uh, internment camps because they didn't know where to put them. Uh, so many of them came. They were looked down upon. And they were looked down upon because of their customs and their close familial ties and their religiosity, uh, something that the secular Jewish state didn't really have too much use for at the time. So they were always purported to have bad behavior. The Mizrakis and the, the Sephard, Mizrakim and the Sephardim. Um, and it, it didn't apply to all of them. There were bad groups, but it wasn't all of them. But one of the things that happens over time is you start saying that lie 
And pretty soon, uh, Sephardis, they're all involved in, in organized crime, or they're all involved in bad things. It's not true. And I want to be very clear about my criticisms of the things that I've heard about the next group I'm going to discuss, which is ultra-Orthodox organized crime, or allegations of organized crime within the ultra-Orthodox community. And that's actually very specific, and it's good that it's specific, because there have been allegations of extortion, criminal extortion, within the uh, within the Haredi uh, community, um, both Haredi, Chassidim, all of them. And it, but I was talking to my friend because I wanted to get kind of the straight dope. And there's somebody else that I need to talk to about this to get a little bit of a clearer picture. But it appears it is a thing. Now, I remember reading a story about um, corruption within the Kashrut um, organizations, which are the which are the 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 groups the panels that um give your kosher certification to businesses and to you know butchers and all that stuff and one of the things that came up in the article is that people were taking bribes for this stuff um so if they're taking bribes it was also alluded that to that they might be upcharging people saying if you want to keep your kosher certification you need to pay us well that's extortion what i was talking to my friend about when i was what she was telling me when i told her about this is that yeah it also extends to other religious things such as um such as what such as divorces such as weddings not just kashrut but all different levels of religious service that they do um, and that they do. If, if, if a family is shunned, let's say a family shunned, they have to pay back in, which is kind of extortion, um, but not overt. And I, I was, I, every time I read about it, it was almost as if it was passed over as a story or it was a blurb and then they moved on. Because there is a fear that if we start criticizing the ultra-Orthodox community, that it could be heard as anti-Semitic. And that's not my intention at all. Being a Jew, I'm finding that pretty difficult to stomach, but whatever. Um, but if there are problems and there are members of the ultra-Orthodox community that are, are engaging in criminal extortion, it needs to be exposed and they need to go to jail. Um, now... In the research that I did for this, and there was a ton done, I did come across a story that I was actually oddly involved in, in a tertiary way. So in 2009, I was living in Jersey City and I was working at the, uh, at the, the pool, the municipal pool. Um, I was a stay-at-home dad and it was a great part-time job and I worked for the city of Jersey City. Well, there was a big sweep and they arrested uh, like 50 people, like a ton of people, and five of those people were Orthodox rabbis, ultra-Orthodox rabbis, Syrian Jews. And basically what was happening was they had yeshivas, uh, charitable organizations, and all this stuff, and they were receiving money uh, from not very clean sources, criminal activity, basically. 
and they would say, okay, donate to the yeshiva, donate to the organiz- the charity, and we then ask for your refund back and we'll return it to you, i.e. it was clean, it was laundered. That is money laundering. That is criminal organization behavior. Uh, so yes, and there are ties between this guy and Israel, but they they never really went into it and i don't know what the depths of it are um but you have to assume if it's happening one place it's probably happening other places and there may even even be connections between these mob families that i spoke about and these charitable organizations i'm not saying that they are but it's not a leap to envision that that is something that is going on so all right that's all my information on organized crime in israel uh for this episode i'm gonna finish up by telling you guys that i did the last of the aleph bet flashcards on instagram i released the last one it's tav of course duh um (laughs) for those of you who didn't know it's okay um and we're gonna start with the kickstarter video um i'm gonna edit that uh pretty soon and get that up and once that's edited i can start the kickstarter campaign and then please please be an investor in our modern hebrew flashcard sets um they're going to be coming out soon and we it's awesome it's a new way to do hebrew it's a new way to learn hebrew be an investor in teaching people this new way to learn hebrew um, we have a ton of sets that are coming out. Six, actually. The first one is the Olive Bet that I've been I've been releasing. The next one is the uh, the 500 must know words. We also have 500 nouns, 250 verbs. That's another set. We have 500, uh, or maybe it's 250 must know phrases, and then we have a set of numbers by Ivrit. In Israel, uh, in Hebrew, in Israel, yeah, get it straight. And uh, yeah, so we've got all these great things coming out, and we're going to be doing the Kickstarter in the next couple of weeks. So please be a part of that, be an investor, and like I said, help us help teach people modern Hebrew. Um, all right, that's it, guys. Um, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for listening to all the rambling that I did on organized crime. Um, it was a lot of fun. A little grim, but a lot of fun looking it up. And I got to talk to a bunch of people in Israel about it. So it was uh, it was really worth it. Um, hey, listen, if you like this video, uh, then hit the like button and the subscribe button and the notification bell. So again, you can get all of the episodes as they come out. Um, if you want to take us with you, you can check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and on Spotify. Please also check out all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's where I release a bunch of uh, all the all the cards. So, um, yeah, thank you for joining us. Uh, that's it. Todova, Vitrot, Ve, Yalaba.
והיא איננה, גם כשרחוקה היא ממני. זיכרונה עולה שוב בליבי הלילה, איך אותה רציתי כל חיי. ידי בידה ולאור ירח עוד יאיר לי Thank you.